Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. This week, we take a special look back at some of the most iconic British stop-motion cartoons as we put Fireman Sam up against Joshua Jones. And we take a special look at Postman Pat. And yes, we'll talk about the brilliant theme song. Did it reach number one in the charts? You'll soon find out. And we'll decide which of the three shows had the best theme song. We may be locked in our houses and social distancing, but we're still here to bring you the very best shows that the world has to offer. So, let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever, but in different locations, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's going to be quite an interesting dynamic with us being in two different places. It's a bit weird. I mean, um, I haven't got my webcam sorted out yet, so I can see you, but you can't see me, which is... Oh uh, dear. um, But I think, (laughs) I can't believe how, I think we were talking last week, like, you know, how quickly this whole thing's developing. Yeah. I can't believe it. Now we're in lockdown. Pretty much. Because... Do you know what the mad thing was? I remember when you was telling me when we finished recording last time, you was like, maybe take some of the equipment just in case things change. And then literally that same night, Boris Johnson does the whole speech where it's like, yeah, you can't go anywhere and see people. That's just because, yeah, look, because people weren't paying any attention of like, you know, you know, for their own safety, don't go out. Yeah. Everyone's just like down the park having a party. I know. I, it was just ridiculous. I haven't left the house for two days now. Um, yeah. I've been stuck indoors, but I'm, I count as a key worker, so I'll be working tomorrow. Um, oh dear. Which is quite annoying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but as a, but over this weekend, I managed to get my work from home setup done. Um, yeah. I Me too, had, actually. Never had an office, but I've got a dartboard and a, a nice office on the go now. Yes, I did like the picture you sent me this morning. And yeah, I've oh. had to like set up a little something as well for the pod and like work work as well. Because I think we're going to be like having regular calls and weekly checkups and, and all of that stuff. So it's like I had to just rearrange my room a little bit and... Uh, turn it into some kind of office workspace yeah it's crazy isn't it i know i think the only time i've gone out this last week was just to pick up my sister from from work that's it that's crazy because i went to the shops on monday and tuesday and that's it i've not other than that i've not been out oh just remind me i was i was working on friday um and i work in the city of london so there was like a, obviously it's, it's completely dead. There was just like me and some uh, police officers walking around, and um, <laughs> I needed a few bits like you know, kind of just basics like bread and things like that. Yeah. Um. So I went into Waitrose, and mm-hmm. the, as soon as I walked in there, the guy I thought he was telling me off the guy, but he he said, "Um, listen, anything on today or tomorrow's date is thirty nine p." Okay. And, and the shop was full, full to the brim of of things. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm going to fill my boots." I mean, it's going to look like I'm panic buying, but I'm not. This is just 39p. Yeah, but it's 39p for a reason. 
No, I mean it's just because it's what what it is is because they don't have any footfall during the um, weekend, yeah. <clears throat> so they have to get rid of it. Okay. I'm not even sure if they open. To be fair, um, so they were just chucking it out, and I was lapping it up. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Well, I'm I'm glad you got your essentials. So I think I might have to pop out tomorrow, just over the road, really, and just pick up one or two things yeah but yeah i mean we may be in different locations but we're still bringing yesterday's capers and we move that's that's it we move and uh, yeah let's uh let's get started with it and gonna start with postman pat and we're going back to September 1981, again, and again. But you know what, right? We've got new listeners, and we're getting new listeners all the time. All right, shout out to my new listeners. You guys are coming from all around the world, so you might not know what happened in September 1981. And I'm here to tell you what happened in September 1981 so uh here goes and obviously for og listeners you guys probably know this already but you're gonna hear it again john carter a 35 year old unemployed stonemason from new rochelle new york became the first person to parachute onto the world trade center carter jumped from a plane at an altitude of 10,000 feet then guiding himself to landing on the observation deck on Tower 2. Simon and Garfunkel reunited to perform at the concert in Central Park, a free concert in New York in front of approximately half a million people. Do you know Simon and Garfunkel? Are you aware of their works? Yeah, I'm actually a big fan of Simon Simon and Garfunkel. I'm I'm actually quite surprised to hear that. I, 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 I actually I'm not. I'm not. I mean, yeah, I mean, because they're about as white as you can get, really. No, exactly. I, I was going to say that, but in a roundabout way. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really know how to kind of put it. <laughs> For the first time, China launched three satellites into orbit on a rocket from the Jiuquan Satellite Launch Center. The feat led some observers to speculate that China had gained ability to launch multiple nuclear warheads or that it had set up an early warning system against missile attacks. Chariots of Fire was in the cinemas and Japanese Boy by Anika was number one in the charts. That is one of my most all-time favourite songs ever. How do you know this song? Do you know how I know this song? Straight up. It's from uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City from when I was like uh, growing up. Ah. This, this was on, uh, what was that channel called? The 80s pop channel on. There's the only one stationary. Do you know the, the H1, isn't it? No, do you know they used to have the, so their own little uh, pop stations, right? They used to have their own, but they used to play music from the, from the actual yeah. decade. Yeah, it was uh, Japanese Boy and Video Killed the Radio Star used to play back to back. Ah. 
Wow, this is crazy. This is going to be a crazy episode. You know Simon and Garfunkel. You know Japanese boy. <laughs> I mean, it's a hella catchy song. It is. It is. And it is like one of those, like, if you look up one hit wonders in the dictionary, it'll be this poor lady and the song Japanese boy. But no, it is. It is a. It was a cracking one hit wonder, though. It was a cracking one hit wonder. I think she spent the rest of her career trying to follow up, but I'm not sure it quite happened. But she'll have Japanese boy now and forever. Right. Okay. So let's talk about Postman Pat. You know what I'm going to do for all the shows today? I'm just going to leave the theme song. I don't care if I get sued. Take take my money. I'm I'm just gonna let Postman Pat roll. Love this song. It's a classic, iconic, and enjoy. So Postman Pat is a British stop motion animated children's series that was first produced by Woodland Animations. It follows the adventures of Pat Clifton a postman in the fictional village of Greendale and the nearby town of Pencaster, which is on the border between Cumbria and North Yorkshire, hence the accents. It was John Cunliffe who wrote the original treatment and scripts. John Cunliffe, if you remember from Rosie and Jim, and, um, it was directed by animator Ivor Wood, who also worked on the Magic Roundabout, the Wombles, Paddington Bear and the Herbs and yeah it follows the adventure of Pat Clifton who's a friendly country postman and of course with his black and white cat Jess as he delivers the post through the valley of Greendale and obviously because he's a a postman and that's his first job he ends up always getting caught up by the concerns of one of the villagers and he's always on hand to resolve their problems. And when John Cunliffe was interviewed, he said that he chose the character of a postman because he needed a character who could visit the countryside and interact with many different people. And inspiration for the post office itself in Postman Pat comes from one located on the Kendall Street where Cunliffe lived when he was writing the original treatment, the post office at 10 Greenside closed in 2003. And this is actually quite a sad story when it concerns John Cunliffe because he didn't retain the rights to the character. And so basically the people who were making it, they could do what they want with Postman Pat. They could develop it. They could do what they want, and John Cunliffe really couldn't do anything. And I think that was why he came up with Rosie and Jim, because it was something that he could have control over, and it wasn't something that he he gave up. See, that's, that's the thing. Like, he probably thought, you know what? I'm going to write this amazing thing, this amazing concept about a postman and someone came and said right here you go 
here's some money. Let us have the rights. And he probably thought, oh, shoot, I'm going to make some money, you know, living the dream. But he gave away his thing. And was it worth it? I don't know. Because, like, I know as far as I'm concerned, when I use my own personal example, like, I'm going to say it now on the record. I will never, ever give away this podcast or this idea, this concept. Never, 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 never. You People can offer me a billion. I would rather go broke than have someone have my idea and then take it to another level and switch it up and, 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 and change it. Because that's like, I think he even died with that regret, like, Postman Pat was my thing, but it's not my thing anymore because it belongs to the media rights and it belongs to, belongs to, I don't know, whoever. Big what do you have to say about Yeah, corporation, I, exactly. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking, the only thing that comes to mind really is that um, uh, when you're saying, you know, I won't sell this, I won't sell this, it's just like a... Obviously, your intellectual property is like very personal thing, right? Exactly. Um, unless you're just, you know, just creating stuff to sell, that's slightly different. Mm. But I mean, like, if you look at George Lucas, yeah, he he was like he really didn't want to have to go to a studio when he sold Star Wars for the first time, but he had no choice. But what he did was retain the rights to make his own, you know, to to make the films himself, and also to for the like the merchandising and stuff like that. And yeah, if he hadn't retained that. You know, Star Wars is like a multi-billion-pound, you know, franchise now. And if he hadn't have done that, imagine Star Wars wouldn't have been the same. We wouldn't have been, we wouldn't have had the same uh, experience with the whole Star Wars franchise. Yeah. So it's a bit of a shame, like you know, when people do come in and just like, for want of a better word, just steal stuff off people just because they haven't like filled in a bit of paper or haven't read the small print in the contract yeah. or something like that. It just seems so dirty. It does. But from what from what I got and the impression is that, yeah, he knowingly sold it, but it was one of those where, oh, should I have done that? Yeah, yeah. Should I have not taken the money? Should I have just kept kept my thing that was that was his big his big thing i don't think it was that he was duped or hoodwinked maybe he was maybe that's why he's so mad but he sold it and he regretted it because obviously once you give up control that's it no going back it doesn't belong to you anymore and so his thing was okay whatever, I'm just going to give up on this Postman Pat thing and I'm going to make my own thing. Rosie and Jim. It might not be stop motion, but it's Bragdoli and yeah. But maybe if he hadn't, you know, have sold it to, I don't know who bought it, but you know, say I'm going to say a corporation because that's probably the most likely. If he hadn't have done that, then maybe we wouldn't have had Postman Pat in the same way as we've experienced today, maybe it wouldn't have been as big. Maybe, yeah. you know, the world wouldn't have had Postman Pat as, you know, as this big, 
yeah uh, huge tv show a uh, kids tv show mm-hmm. we, we just would have been without it and it would have been the next thing or whatever so True. kind of on the on the other side of it i guess it's where we benefit from the uh from the fact that he had to sell it yeah and also the reason why i said it's so sad is because apparently like john cunliffe got bullied as a kid and he found it tough his upbringing was tough and part of the reason was of making postman pat was he wanted to create a character that would be beloved in his village it's set it's set in a small area everybody knows everybody everyone's lovely you got this lovely postman who's driving around he's delivering everybody's letters he helps people when they have their problems whether it's looking for a kid's doll whether it's everybody not knowing his birthday and then they all figure it out in the end it was just this whole idea that he he built this world he built this lovely world where he's like postman pat is like part of this dream place that maybe he wishes that he lived in as a kid or even in his in his adult life and that was partly one of the the reasons why he made postman pat because he created a world that he wished he lived in and so that was maybe the the reason why he was so upset because he created this world where everything was nice everything was lovely but he gave it away maybe and he was like why why would i give away a dream world that i created just for a, a few quid yeah i mean sometimes you do have to make that decision do i want to keep the lights on or you know do i sell my yeah you know, or do I not sell my 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 baby sort of thing? Yeah, not real baby. Don't get in a tis internet. <laughs> I think they know what you mean. And uh, yeah, there was this really good Guardian article from 1994, which was Postman Pat creators Greendale was his perfect village. And so, yeah, some of the things that the article said, and I quote, after being bullied as a child, John Cunliffe constructed a community where everyone was happy, an imaginary refuge, but when he sold the rights to his creation, it was paradise lost. He has moved on, leaving Pat in the hands of those who have adopted him. He's working in a new world now, where two little rag dolls called Rosie and Jim live on a barge together, They are happy and they look after each other. Nobody bullies them or takes their things. It is a vision of perfection. So I guess in what he lost, he gained in Rosie and Jim. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe maybe it worked out in the end for for John Cunliffe. I think so. I mean, look, Rosie and Jim was a fantastic little uh, kid yeah. piece, any as well, you know. Um, it probably doesn't get the same reputation as um, Postman Pat, but mm. you know, to me, I think that Rosie and Jim is up there. I mean, I th- I completely enjoyed. I Rosie agree. And Jim. Um, 
Hundred percent. I mean, Rosie and Jim is so iconic. Yeah. Like it's one of those burning things of my childhood is Rosie and Jim. Yeah, I think to be honest, Rosie and Jim more so than Postman Pat. I didn't watch as much Postman Pat as I did Rosie and Jim. Did you not? Sure. No, I I think obviously I knew um, Postman Pat. I remember yeah. singing me the theme tune. I remember like w- watching it, but I didn't watch it as much as Rosie and Jim. I, that, wow. that I know for, for sure. Because um, what was I going to say? Because I I had the books as a kid. Used yeah. to watch Postman Pat. Like Postman Pat is is royalty. It is up there, up there in terms of British cartoons. You don't get it's one of those where it is incredibly iconic, incredibly memorable. And I think you mentioned the the theme song. So it's called Postman Pat and his black and white cat. And it was sung by Ken Barry for the original series in the 80s and the 90s. And the extended version of the song was released as a single in the UK in 1982 now do you think it went to number one in the charts it's got to have done at some point hasn't it surely you're gonna say yes yeah it didn't Uh, it reached number 44 really that surprises me only in july 1982 only because it's so like yeah it's so catchy and so but i guess in those days it's people buying the records right or is it Mm. plays um, well, you know how it is. I think it was like, yeah, the top 40 would be determined by who bought the most songs of that week. Yeah. I know but I didn't actually weeks. see if they if it had a higher chart position. Because mm. it could have easily have gone up. Yeah. And it I, should go up by by all means. I just think it would have been like one of those, if it was in the internet generation, it would have been number one for sure. Do you know, do yeah, you know I mean? yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, it is, it's one of those where you know all the words, you know all the ad libs. So when it's like, maybe you can never be sure when you knock, ring, ring, letters through your door, <laughs> postman pat, postman pat. Postman Pat and his black and white cat. Early in the morning, just as day is dawning, Pat feels he's a really happy man. Oh, this, it's one of those ways it's burning. But you know what? This week it is, every show has an incredible theme song that is like, resonates and like, it beams in my childhood. It's like, it's so memorable. It's like burning, flashing memories. Love it. I wonder how, I wonder if Postman Pat had an effect on the um, job applications to the post office. Because <laughs> it's properly like licensed, isn't it? Like proper post yeah. office. Like... I know, Royal Mail, right on the van. It's like, Maybe before or after Margaret Thatcher sold it off. But, um, yeah, I don't know why I bought that up. It's not my business. <laughs> Far be it from me to dunk on the Tories. I don't know why I bought that up. So, yeah, you got notable villagers, obviously including Postman Pat, 
I think Mrs. Goggins is the one that runs the post office. You got Alf and Dorothy Thompson. You got PC Selby. Sarah Clifton, that's the name of his wife. Jeff Pringles is a teacher. AJ Baines is the driver of the Greendale Rocket and Pencaster Flyer. Nisha Baines, who's the owner of the CAF. And you got the local handyman and inventor, Ted Glynn. And I think you've got the two twin kids, which I can't remember their name. It was like a, a boy and a girl. But no, like Postman Pat is, like I said, I had the books as a kid, used to read them all, used to watch this at home, at school, when it was like wet play. They just put on reruns of Postman Pat. In fact, all of the shows today like would be heavily shown on 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 um wet play when when we can't obviously go outside if it's raining. That's for the benefit of non-British kids. That's what wet play meant. We weren't allowed to go outside when it was raining and they would just put on either educational programs or they would put on Postman Pat and some of the other shows that we uh, we talk about. So uh, shall we go into episodes? Yeah, so I'll, this is the one I watched the least out of all three today, I think. Um, really? Yeah. It's I, the special. I couldn't find... I couldn't find a, a free version of the... Do you know they, they rebooted it? It was all over YouTube. Yeah, no, but do you know like the reboot, the special... Yeah, man, yeah, but, yeah. What's it called? Uh, special Delivery, or whatever it's called. I oh, find, okay. I couldn't find the Special Delivery reboot on it. Um, oh, I didn't watch any of those. I didn't okay, even go to look, but everything else was pretty much on there. So yeah, I would have. Like, yeah, I did watch. I watched a good couple of episodes, and um, one thing I there's two things. Okay, first of all, I found the the characters' names didn't come up that often. Like the other ones, they would call the characters' names yeah. quite often. You know, yeah, like, uh, uh, Sam or Elvis or whoever it is. You know, yeah. And then on this one, they don't. They're just like, all right, all right. And then he's just like, "What's his name? Please say his name." <laughs> um, and also, I know I I learned something that I hadn't known before. Maybe everyone did. Uh, I don't know, but I I learned that Jess is a boy cat, not a girl cat. Is it? Yeah, he said. Um, he said something. Like, I'll move up, Jess. That's a good boy, or something like that. I, swear I was like, "Where Jess is a girl?" That's I was in one of the episodes, and it was in the episode. I, I could have sworn there was one where he's like, "Easy girl." Right. Should we have a quick Google of it? I want to know. I actually want to know. It's one of the rare times I, d I don't mind about the Google. Right. Okay. So I'm just having a quick time. Jess, the protagonist and host of the series, is a young black and white. He is a young black and white cat. Oh, talking black and white cat. He doesn't talk, does he? Not really. So he is a boy. Jess is a boy. Yeah. Damn. Um, I'm glad you didn't know that because I thought it'd be one of those everyone knows it apart from me. Well, um, no. Here's me thinking, thinking he's 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 a lad, like you know, no, sorry, he's a girl. I mean, I had a sister called 
I had. I still have a sister called Jess, but um, so obviously growing up, like, Jess is always <laughs> a girlfriend. Um, so I was like, uh, yeah, until today, until today, I, I did, I didn't know that. Man, um, well, I didn't either. Shoot. Uh, right, going straight into episodes then. So um, you're gonna have to forgive episode names. Uh, and these are most of these are quite short. I think I only watched one 20 minute episode, and most of them 20 were minute. They're all 10, 15 at most. No, I found a 20-minute one about when Pat gets a post bus. You see that one? No. Uh, I'll go. That's my second episode. I'll, uh, I'll go into that. So basically, the first episode was um, so the the, the I'm just going to call them kids and postman Pat and I think Ted the farmer is, is one of the ones I know. But um, so basically, the kids are looking for fossils, and um, the adults have plans to make a dinosaur climbing frame for the kids. Right. Right. Um, so, and adults are trying to keep it as a, as a secret from the kids and they're trying to, you know, just do something a little bit special for them. And, and they kind of send the kids out to look for fossils and they're just like, oh, picking up these like ammonites and, you know, devil's toenails and things like that. <laughs> um, and, and there's, they kind of cut in this, uh, this wood wooden kind of dinosaur out and they're, they're, they're making teeth and they're making things and they keep dropping things like the teeth they, they drop on the floor and stuff like that. And when the kids kind of stumble across it, they think it's like, Oh, this is dinosaur teeth. Um, so they're thinking, Oh, there's actually a dinosaur. And they see the kind of outline of their, their dinosaur, like over the hill kind of thing was where they're just actually moving the, the climbing frame. Um, uh, and then they end up, they end up like um, the the adults make their thing without the kids knowing. They put it in the playground, uh, and then they just go to go and get the kids. But when they go and get the kids, the kids actually find it. And by the time they come back, they're all playing on it, and it's like, oh, that's brilliant. Um, but yeah, it's just a really short ten minute episode. Like you know, kids playing yes. fossils, adults making that's things. That's what I'm and, talking and... about. But it's just really nice as well. Everything's really sweet. Everything's really nice. Like you know, all the all the families are, uh, 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 you know, very community-based show. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so my second episode was Postman Pat Takes the Bus. I think that was actually the name of the episode. Uh, this one was a 20-minute episode. Um, and I watched this one purely because I was watching, looking for an episode with the theme tune on it. Um, yeah. I'm not sure, not sure if you found it, but every... Not every, but the majority of episodes on YouTube had the theme tune cut out. And really? For personal yeah, part? Yeah. I and singing along like there was no tomorrow. I found, honestly, most of the ones I clicked on didn't. I, I, I had to search for episodes with a theme tune on. And this was one of them that I had it on. And I was like, surely the, the theme tune of Postman Pat is one of the best bits about the show. No, no disrespect to the show, but the actual theme tune is one of the best bits about it. Without that, yeah, it's not really postman Pat. It's just, do you know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah, it kind yeah. Of sets, sets up the whole show. So anyway, so basically, um, uh, Pat has this new thing. It's called the post bus, right? And mm-hmm. this is like kind of typical capitalism type of an idea where <laughs> he has to drive a bus around the village and also deliver letters and collect the post. Right. So it's kind of kind of all all shoved into one one bloke does several jobs kind of thing and so he's he's kind of he goes to like the reverend and he says like oh 
he, I think he collects his letters or delivers his letters, and he said, "Oh, I'm going to drive into the um, what's the nearby town called again?" Like, Pencaster, isn't it? Yeah, so he's going to drive. Well, anyway, he's going to drive to the nearby town, right? Yeah, the, the nearby town of Pencaster. Yeah, so he's going to drive there to you know to drop the passengers off, and 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 the reverend's like, "Oh, I'm going to be a minute," and Pat was like. Well, you ain't coming with me then, <laughs> and, and basically just like ditches him. Um, and there was kind of a little bit of that, like, you know, like if you come in now, I'll take you, but if you're not coming now, I'm not taking you. And it was kind of a bit like, um, the episode was kind of showing like if people start taking the biscuit, like, you know, yeah, you'll get told that, and it's okay to be told that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I was acting a little bit off. Um, anyway, so obviously there's, you know, the classic delays on the way and, um, uh, and the, the, you know, the whole kind of struggling to get their thing. But then they get to the town and they said, like, everyone be back at two. Um, and this is like, what, 45 minutes or something from now. And uh, so first of all, I've, I've written the names down here, so I'll try and say them properly. But so Mrs. Um, so Granny Dryden didn't come back. She's like the old kind of yeah, old lady. Yeah. Uh, then Mrs. Miss Hubbard went to go and find her, but then Granny Dryden came back, and then Ted went to go and find Mrs. Miss Hubbard, but then she came back, and it kind of went on for a little while, and then that was literally the kind of like ah ha ha ha, and then they kind of went back and the, end, the yeah. episode ended. And the final episode I watched was called the Go Kart Race, and this was everyone, all the kids were kind of actually no kids and adults. You know, have you ever heard of the Soapbox Derby? Do you know yeah, when, like, yeah, they all yeah. kind of build, and they just go down a hill, and basically, so yeah, that's kind of what they're doing. But it was like a village go kart race. Oh, where, that's nice. So, so they had to like, they had to build a go kart that was powered only by humans and by and you know like elements like wind or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, the rules, no engines, no like, no nothing. So, um, and all of the adults decide that <laughs> Ted's made these electric engines. So right. I'm going to go and get one off him because they're quiet. And I think um, the policeman uh, and two other adults take the engines off Ted and decide to put them in their little go-karts. Uh, so Postman Pat and his kids are making one. Uh, and then the kids said, let's go and get an engine. And then Postman Pat explained to him that that's cheating. It's against the rules. You can't do that. You know, you might win, but it's not really a moral victory kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so the kids don't, and the postman pack gives them a sail, which they don't kind of use in the race. But then it puts pedals on it. Uh, but then the kids get a bit fed up because the adults aren't helping them. So they're like, "Oh, you know, can we, um, can we do something?" And then they go and take over postman Pat's one. So, um, and they finish it off themselves. Um, and they take it to the race, and obviously they get thrashed. By <laughs> everyone with the electric engines um but one of the tricks is that ted hasn't figured out how to turn off his engine he can start the engine but he can't turn it off so yeah all of the all the adults kind of just can't stop going around and around and around and then they kind of end up going towards this kind of cliff bit like you know it's like a gorge and they were kind of heading there and they couldn't stop and then uh, postman pat was like right stick the sail on let's go and save them because otherwise they weren't going to be quick enough. Now, yeah, yeah. One yeah. thing I was thinking, I was like, why don't you just go around the village again instead of going towards the cliff? Because you've gone around the village twice anyway. Um, but that's by the by, I guess. Um, 
and then yeah, obviously, so Postman Pat saves the day. Um, the policeman was the one that's heading for the cliff, and he kind of just nudges him out of the way, and he falls out, but he's he's okay. Um, and then when they kind of all go back, obviously the adults get disqualified. So the kids, although they came last and they were the slowest round, they stuck to the rules, so they win, um, and they get the cup, and that was the end of the oh. episode. So, so, it's so like... out of interest, did you watch? Did you know if you were watching the nineteen eighty one version? Or the 1997 version? Uh, so I believe that Postman Pat was probably 1997 because that was quite, that looked better than the rest. Uh, the kids looking for fossils, I'm not sure, yeah. but for sure the go-kart race was an old one because Jess looked like this old like cotton wool with a face stuck on it. Because I know you can tell, I think the 1981 was stop motion, yeah. the lips weren't moving, but I know the later versions they had the lips moving and then once you get to the cgi version then it's all like all real and stuff yeah so i didn't watch any of the cgi which is i'm not really that sad about because i feel a little yeah bit, you know I, I feel a little bit like it's kind of ruins it but i don't know why though i can't work out why it loses so much of its charm um, it does no no it it, it really does it's it's just not the same you know it's so much time no, and effort not. and it's soul put into, into like stop motion so and i think yeah. i've said it before many times but stop motion has a special place in my heart and it always will yeah so, yeah yeah like it's it's classic isn't it no exactly um but yeah i thoroughly enjoyed every episode of this and it's definitely something that i'm going to be watching with my son in the years to come yeah um, i remember asking you before we started recording, did you actually watch any of these shows with with the boy? Yeah, so yeah, I watched all three with him. Um, and to be honest, he was more interested in the theme tunes. He likes that kind of musicy thing. And then <laughs> when people start talking, he loses interest and goes and finds something to break or hide. But um, or climb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he was—he he liked the theme tunes and he likes the characters. Oh, one thing that made me laugh is he's, so he's got this new thing where he's—he uh, waves at people. Ah. And so when, when you say bye, he waves. And someone on the uh, on on one of the episodes, someone just said bye, and he just starts waving to the TV. <laughs> so, <laughs> Brilliant. So that I absolutely loved it, and it oh. kind of melted my heart. But yeah. So it was really nice to watch it with him. Yeah. So is that your episodes? Yeah, that's my episodes done for Postman Pat. Okay. So I watched the very first episode in 1981, which was Postman Pat's Finding Day. So Katie and Tom, it's their birthday. And so they're expecting presents. They're expecting all sorts and Pat is basically at the post office. He's collecting all the presents. He's collecting all the mail as he does every day. And so he's making all these stops. He's going to the school. He's hanging out with the kids for a little bit, playing hopscotch, which I found very, very funny. And, the, you know, one of the most endearing things about Postman Pat is that he's a club. And yeah, yeah. it's not something that's always highlighted, but you're you'll see him falling over, you'll see him making a big mess. But it's one of those things where it's not hidden, but it's 
it's not something that's highlighted. You just, I think it's something that viewers will just pick up on their, on their own. So yeah, as he's going around, Katie is upset because she's missing her doll. And so Pat's like, you know what? I've delivered all the letters. I've got a bit of time. I'm going to, I'm going to help you find the doll. So he's going all around the village. He's going to Ted's garage. He's going to the church. He's going back to the post office. He's just going everywhere. Going, I'm looking for a, I'm looking for a doll. Have you seen it anywhere? So they're going. Oh, she was here with her mum the other day. Maybe try this place. And then they go to a stand where he's like, you know what? Let me just buy some chocolates for the kids. So he's buying chocolates and he finds the doll hidden underneath the chocolate somewhere. So he goes out and gets that. And then he gives the doll back to Katie. He has a slice of cake. He's having a bit of fun at the birthday party. And uh, yeah, all's well. All's well that ends well. And then I watched episode three, which is Postman Pat's secret birthday. So it's Pat's birthday. He doesn't want anybody knowing. He wants to keep it a secret, but everybody knows. And so he's wondering, how does everyone know? So he's going to the post office to pick up the mail for the day. And then he sees all these birthday cards and he's thinking, how do people know? I ain't told no one. And so the lady at the post office, Mrs. Goggins, she's like, it's a secret. Maybe you'll find out later. And so he's going all around the village. He's going all around. He's going to the church. And the the reverend gives him a he gives him like a special Bible and Pat's like, how do you know it's my birthday? And then he, and then he, the reverend says something that might be deep, but it's not really. So it's one of like, he who knows, knows best and all that philosophical stuff. And Pat's like, okay, I still don't know. One of the things I liked was, you know, like with, um, you know, like with TV shows, they have a theme song yeah. and then they'll find ways to like mix up the instrumental. So every time he would go to the church, they would play the Postman Pat theme song. But in, um, oh, what's like that? Organ. What's that? Um, organ, that's it. Yeah. So it'd be like, doom, 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 <laughs> doom, 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 doom. doom. In the, uh, in the organ is is great, but um yeah, and so he's going around, and then I think he goes to Ted, and so Ted's like, have a look in the Pencaster Gazette, and so he's looking at it, and it's like a biography of Postman Pat, and they're saying, oh hey, shout out to Postman Pat, it's his birthday. He's been doing this for a while and, and all of that good stuff. And so he's like, oh, this is really, really good. The missus is going to be pleased to see this. So I was like, okay, yeah, you go on with your bad self. 
And then I watched one episode from the 1997 version, which was Postman Pat and the Mystery Tour. And so Mr. Pringle and the school children and Pat, they're going on this mystery tour on the post bus. I didn't know it was a bus. I just thought it was a van. Because he's like ramming everybody in this van. And I'm thinking, how is there space for everybody? Uh, so I must have watched the episode where they first got the post bus thing then. Maybe. Yeah. Because it, it, it still looked like it was the, the same old Postman Pat van. Yeah, it's the same colour, same like, I think it might even have Royal Mail on the side of it. Red yeah. thing, does his post. But yeah, you can get passengers in it as well. I did not know that. And so they're all going on this mystery tour. They're getting clues from Granny Dryden, Major Forbes, Miss Hubbard, Peter Fogg, Mrs. Goggins, and Ted. It's just basically a whistle-stop tour around the village, really. I don't know if there was anything to this episode. It was just them going on a tour, taking the kids out, all that good stuff. And the last episode I watched was uh, the 2006 version. So this was Postman Pat's spy mission. So once Pat has sorted out the, the mail and he sent it to everybody, he helps Ted because Ted has an accident and he sprains his ankle. So he's basically doing all the things that Ted would normally do on his day. And obviously Pat, He's he's a bit of a klutz, so he's making heavy weather of all the tasks that Ted does on a regular basis. But yeah, he ends up figuring it out, and as he always does, he's there to save the day. He's part postman, part superhero. And yeah, I think you mentioned the uh, the spin-off series, which was Postman Pat Special Delivery Service. And uh, just a quick quick thing about that is is basically he gets a promotion. He gets moved to head of SDS, and is now called upon to deliver anything. So he's making the lateral career move up. And, yeah, so each episode is following Postman Pat on a special delivery mission. So he gets up to all sorts of capers, such as rescuing a runaway cow or delivering a giant ice cube. You also had the the Postman Pat the movie in 2014. So this was a 3D com- computer animated comedy series. And it is all about Postman Pat, really. And it stars Jim Broadbent, Rupert Grint, David Tennant, Ronan Keaton, Susan Durden, Sandra Tells, TJ Ramini, and Peter Woodward. And in 2006, Postman Pat was nominated for the Best Preschool Animation Series at the BAFTA Children Awards. Now, one of the things I really liked about Postman Pat, particularly the older version, was the music. Like, they would have, like, really lovely background music. I think there was, like, an entire album 
released, I think the Postman Pat LP. So they would have songs and bits of music, so such as Jess the Cat. So just a song dedicated to Jess, as you can hear in the background. It's an incredibly lovely and catchy song. And then you've got The Busy Day. So that's just bit of music in the background which will highlight Pat on a really really busy day and then you've got the traveling music which is very very iconic and very it sticks to my memory as a kid like it's one of those bits of music that you will always always remember and then Ted's got his own song and as I was saying about the reverend every time he would go into the church and they'd have the organ music which I thought was great and funny so yeah this is Postman Pat and I just remembered now that I used to have a little Postman Pat van as a toy as a kid no way yeah I had the the red van and whatever and be like I'd be like Postman Pat Postman Pat <laughs> with the van <laughs> <laughs> but no that's uh that's Postman Pat and uh it's a great show, legacy-wise. It's incredibly iconic. Sold all over the world to different places and 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 what have you. So, yeah, that's it. Anything you want to add? No, I just mean like, I mean, try and watch the theme tune or opening sequence about smiling. That's all I'm going to say about. Yeah, to be honest, it's just I can't like, believe you couldn't find it. No, I I found it, but it was just that there were few and far between. Most of the episodes that came up for me in the search term was um, just the episode, no no t- no ending credits, no no, uh, no title sequence. No, uh, but, but I loads of episodes on there. Found that all, and I found it no problem. I don't know what you're doing with uh, YouTube, man, but it's not the same as me. <laughs> <laughs> Every week I have trouble finding something. It was all there. It was all there, and yeah, Postman Pat that gets a. Uh, Double thumbs up from me and from you as well. So that's all I got to say about that. Right, let's go on to the head to head now. And let's start with Fireman Sam. And we're going to November 1987. And some of the things happening in the world. Gordon Gold issued US pattern US four seven oh four five eight three for the laser, ending his thirty year battle to be credited as the inventor of the laser. Vincent van Gogh irises sells for a record fifty three point six million dollars at an auction. Zine El Abidine Ben Ali assumes the presidency of Tunisia. Three Men and a Baby was in the cinema. Let's see if you know this song. China in Your Hand by T-Pow was number one in the charts. I, I, absolutely not. Were you surprised though? <laughs> and producer Paul is back. The universe makes sense. <laughs> the universe makes sense again. You have no idea of the song. I mean, to be fair, I didn't either. So 
There you go. There you go. And so we're talking now about Fireman Sam. So this was a British animated comedy children's series about a fireman called Sam and his fellow firefighters. And they all live in the fictional Welsh rural village of Pontypandy, which is a portmanteau of two real towns, Pontypridd and Tony Pandy. And together, it makes Pontypandy. And so the original idea of the show came from two ex-firemen from London who took their idea to artist and writer Rob Lee, and then he developed the concept, and then the show was commissioned. And it obviously appeared on Welsh television at Sam Tan on S4C, and then the BBC would show it along with S4C in 1987. And it was sold to over 40 countries and has been used across the UK to promote fire safety. And so the characters and storylines were created by Rod Lee, not Rod, Rob, Rob Lee, who's an illustrator from Cardiff. And the program was made using stop motion. Yay, stop motion. And Apparently, you could take up to four days to produce one minute of this form of puppet animation, which it might explain why eventually they did move away from stop motion. Because <laughs> it just yeah. takes too bloody long, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, they have to do, what, at least 24 frames for every second, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's like, so that's 1,000... 440 frames in just in one day and that's only like what yeah um yeah i can't do the math (laughs) for one minute yeah yeah and fireman sam has to this day translated into over 25 different languages including mandarin and in the original series all the character voices were performed by john alderton and then the later series used several actors' voices. And Fireman Sam is actually seen as some sort of a hero in the village as it pertains to the theme song, Sam is the hero next door. And even though that he's, or the village itself, Pontypandy is so small and so little activity, it has seen its fair share of fires. And Sam and his team will always be on hand to handle it. The vehicles at the fire station, you'll like this, included a four-wheeled Bedford TK fire engine called Jupiter, a six-wheeled 1982 Range Rover rescue tender named Venus, and Trevor's bus, which is a 1985 Ford Ford Transit doormobile. And in 1988... The original series was nominated for a BAFTA award for Best Short Animated Film, and the potential recipients were Ian Frampton and John Walker. And yeah, from 2005, the series episodes used more modern techniques of stop-motion claymation, which include mouths that move with the dialogue. And then in 2008, the series was revamped, which saw the show convert to CGI, 
and Pontipandi is now a seaside fishing village instead of a village set deep in the hills or the valleys. And most of the locations have retained their appearances. But another change in the series is that the twins' parents appear for the first time, which is their mother was Bronwyn and fisherman father Charlie. Some of the things said about Fireman Sam. So the ABC website said of the series, and I quote, all the characters blend together into an appealing mixture of fun and entertainment for children everywhere. And Common Sense Media recommended the 2003 series for ages three and up, praising it for its show on how to stay calm in a crisis and rely on a team to solve problems. The American website found that the distinctly Welsh characters communities and accents and expressions may pose some minor comprehensions and there's a couple of controversial moments in Feynman Sam. One is hella controversial. Right, so um, hmm? this is the Elvis moment slipping up on the uh, paper. Ah, but what was on the paper? It was the um, uh, Islamic holy book, the Quran. Oh, so you know about this? Yeah, and yeah, I'll go into it later. But yeah, you 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 can say no. That was yeah. It was um, identified as pages from the Quran, but it was actually like proper pages as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't like just some made up like Arabic thing with like the um, kind of symbols on it. It was no, actually it was... A, a proper page. They went yeah. The animators went out of their way to do this. Yeah, so chapter 67 verses 13 to 26 was identified by some viewers. Mattel, the production company, had apologised for the incident and they removed that episode from broadcast and they basically said that the it was Zing Zing. They were the animators and they were responsible for it. And so they were like, we're not going to work with you lot anymore. And this is, this is on you. And Mattel had said, someone from the production company thought that they were putting in a random text. We have no reason to believe that it was done maliciously. Hmm. What a load of rubbish, man. <laughs> that is like, you don't accidentally put an, like a page of the Quran on. Yeah on a thing with someone yeah, to stand yeah. on. I mean, they that was the reason they gave and they pretty much immediately stopped working with the animation company that would normally make the shows for them. So they were kind of like, oh, and because obviously people complained in their hundreds and thousands and rightfully so, but they were complaining to the BBC and by then it had moved to Channel 5. So BBC were like, oh, hey, Channel 5, here's a bunch of complaints. Deal with it. <laughs> so that's what that's what they essentially did. And Byman Sam was axed as a mascot for a fire brigade over fears that he could put, oh, put women off from joining. And so, yeah, Lincolnshire Fire and Rescue Service said that the TV character was outdated and it did not reflect the message that it wanted to achieve. 
And then obviously in October 2017, the London Fire Commissioner Danny Cotton highlighted Fireman Sam in a campaign fighting sexism and promoting the gender neutral term firefighter. And she proposed that Fireman Sam should be renamed Firefighter Sam and said that research showed that women were put off a career in the fire service because it is seen as a job for men. Now, I would love to get your opinion on this. And again, 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 it would have been great to have a point of view of a woman, but it's just going to be us talking about it. Now, for me, if there is evidence that women are being put off applying for like firefighter roles and doing that line of work and there is sufficient evidence that backs it up then i'm actually all right with calling it firefighter sam um yeah i mean so i'm going to come at this from a, from a different angle and go for it and i know this is going to get me into a bit of trouble um it's fine. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, no, no, but from from a from a from a practical point of view, firefighting um, isn't the easiest job in the world, right? I couldn't do it. Uh, it's a lot of physical strength needed to be a firefighter, yeah. right? And on like going on average, kind of averaging it out, I think like the men are probably more strong than women, right? Okay. Just from a biological perspective, right? Therefore, the amount of women that would want to do this job are significantly less than 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 quite a few other jobs. Yeah, right. Maybe I'm just I'm just. I guess. This is just, I guess this is just me. I'm just guessing here, but so I think that maybe like there, there, so there's a quite small amount of people that you know. I don't think being a you know calling it a firefighter would. It's not going to change the, the the job in itself. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's not. It's not going to make it any more like if you call it firefighter. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make the job any less physical, and any less like you know. It's it's a it's a it's a hard, and it's it's not it's hard and it's like quite a scary job and it's like, I mean, there's not that many people. Surely they want to. The main is just you're tackling big fires. No, but because... the thing is, you've got to tackle big fires. You've got to carry people. You'll rescue people. You've got to see, like, I think, like, women in a in an emergency situation, like, I I don't know, but I'm sure that probably uh, maybe better than men at doing dealing with that sort of thing. Like, you know, keeping calm and actually sorting a situation out. But, like... I would imagine I, so. I'm just talking about physically heaving uh, someone to over your shoulder. That's all I'm talking about. Like, and and for me, I wouldn't be able to do that. So that's like me out of the door as well. But I'm just saying, like, on average, yeah. like I said. Do you know what I mean? I, I've kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm try, I'm trying to kind of navigate this minefield because I don't want to upset anybody. But um, I just think that you know, it's, it know. is it is interesting. But like I said, if if the the aim is to encourage more women to get involved in this line of work where it's not necessarily you know heaving like bodies and things like that over your shoulders carrying dead weight and all that sort of stuff but if it's just 
like ostensibly putting out fires and driving a truck yeah. and being part of yeah but you can't when you're when you're going for the job you can't say um you can't say oh i can't do this one because i can't carry that person you have well, to no, do that, it, no, you no, have no, to it, be able to do it all in yeah, one go right yeah you can't you can't say like i would i would but i, I would I imagine would if they did apply they could do that otherwise yeah, why but, would they apply but but no but no, of course you can't just say, "Oh, I'm only going to do this bit of a job." Yeah, you have to be able to do it all. Otherwise, yeah, 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 yeah. People, and that's... people could die, right? Of course, that's it's life and death. But yeah. my thing is that even from a physical point of view, okay, there might not be as physical as the men, and there might not be as big or whatever, but their capacity to do the job if they want to do it and they can prove that they can do it. No. Yeah, exactly. So if you can do it, that's it. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, no crackable. Man, I'm woman. Couldn't care absolutely. Uh, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. So like I'm taking myself out of the category that would be able to do that job because it's yeah. far too physical for, for me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, and I, and for one, I'm far too, too physical for me and all. And, and I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be able to deal with the stuff that they see and do on a daily basis. That's just like not, I couldn't yeah. handle it. Um, but and the thing is, you've got to be made of quite hardy stuff to be a firefighter, right? You get to you have to see car crashes, people burning in buildings, and it's really gruesome stuff. Yeah, yeah. And is the is, I mean, like, is taking it the is is the fact that it's called a fireman or a firewoman or something like that? I I guess. I mean, if it's all if it's called a fireman for everything, then yeah, I kind of get the point. But if like to keep it, is that going to put you off if you're but they, what she was saying was, look, I've got evidence. I do want to encourage more women to join the fire fighter service. Yeah. But I can't get them to come through because the show is called Fireman Sam. Now, the thing I that I disagree... I blame it all on a car. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, mean I was going to say, the thing I disagree with is that he's just one character. He yeah. just so happens to be called Fireman Sam because a couple of blokes in London had an idea of a show about a guy who lives in a small town and he's a firefighter and he's the hero next door. Yeah. So that's where that comes from. But I don't know. I mean, I mean because for me, Fireman to... Sam is hella iconic. Absolutely. If you want a woman firefighter, why don't you go out and make a show? Yeah. Do it. Um, I mean, it's it's easy for me to say as a white male, right? Because I basically own the world, right? That's what they of say. Of course. Um, so as a, sitting here as a white male talking about these issues, it's, I've, you know, it's hypocrisy gone mad. But, um, <laughs> but I think it's like... I. If with a job like that, is it is it going to put you off saying? But I agree. I you know maybe like I I don't think taking I don't think like acting a show because it's called a Fireman Sam because it's just I don't think that you can. I don't think they want to act this show. They just want to change the name. But but I think that that's just like because it's circumstantial. I don't think that's the right way to go. Like you said, make a new show. Then like yeah. I think. 
or, or introduce another character. But the, the name of the show is named after a man who is a firefighter, right? Right. And his name is Sam. So that's like Fireman Sam. It all fits. And I don't think changing the name of a kid's TV show yeah. is necessarily the right way to go. But like like you said, perhaps making I'd another like show. To, I'd like to see the numbers. I'd like plus, to see the, the numbers of that she's referring to. Yeah. I want to see what she's talking about. Because if it is just a case of, okay, because this show's iconic, we're just going to piggyback off Fireman Sam and then we can maybe change the name and then it will be different. But I do think one way around it is go make a show about a woman firefighter. doesn't yeah. have to necessarily be about Fireman Sam. And wasn't, correct me if I'm wrong, there's a woman firefighter in Fireman Sam. In the old, in the new one. The old one. Old and new. I didn't see any women in the one that I, I did. saw, to be fair. I saw it in the old version. I saw it in the new version. No, how many episodes? I watched one, two, three, four, five, six. Six episodes, and I didn't see any women, to I be fair. I think name is Penny. Penny Morris. Oh, also. One one thing was one before I forget because I nearly forgot my my last point on the matter is yeah. that firefighter Sam doesn't sound as good as fireman Sam. It's nowhere near as catchy. No, you'd have to change your theme tune. You'd have to change everything. <laughs> I know firefighter Sam and his engine runs. Firefighter Sam, you could only know Sam is the hero next door. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, yeah. <laughs> anyway, some of the characters of Fireman Sam. Obviously, you got Sam, the hero next door. You got Elvis, Cridlington, Basil Steele, who's like the station officer. Then he gets to be called Norris in the new CGI series. You got Penny, like I said, who was the woman firefighter. You got Trevor, who's uh, the black guy. I was watching that. I was like, yes, my brother. Cheese. <laughs> That's what I thought watching that. You got Bella Lasagna, who's the Italian cafe owner. You got Norman Price, who's like the naughty kid. You got his mother, Dillis. And then you got the twins, Sarah and James. And then other stuff, you got Bentley the Robot, who is a mechanical master chef. So do you want to get into episodes? Yeah, so I've got quite a few episodes I watched of Fireman Sam. And just to Ooh. preface this, as um, I absolutely loved Fireman Sam as a kid. It was like my show. This and Budgie the Helicopter was like <laughs> my show. Oh, um, Budgie the Little Helicopter. Yeah. So yes. It's just this little tiny helicopter, and they're all part of a crew of like rescue helicopters. And it was, it was cool. Um, but this show was like really good. So obviously, I had to go through. Um, I, I heard about the um the the controversy that was was involved in the show, because I loved this show so much, and to the point where there's photos of me with a bucket on my head uh, as a kid, and you know I used to pretend to be Fireman Sam and stuff. Um, and I absolutely 
loved it so much so when it got involved in this controversy i was a little bit heartbroken really like and I'm yeah kinda, me too actually and i'm kind of glad it wasn't in you know the writers or anything like that it was just some animators thing because it wasn't like you know it wasn't like part of the show it was just some kind of uh, paper that goes up in the air right so i had to kind of like grapple with the fact that well so two things on this on this kind of you know watching it for this show was firstly it was a um uh cgi which is like <laughs> the, the new one so i watched the new one first so i wanted to get that out of the way so i watched the it was it was cgi and it was embroiled in this controversy so maybe i should have done that i got it out of the way because i was a bit like i don't want this to be completely tainted for me um because i did love it so much as a kid yeah um one of my favorite if not my favorite show as a child um so I went straight in with series nine, episode one. Okay. And um, so there's a sheep stuck on a roof. Uh, Spider-Man Sam goes to rescue it. Oh, I watched uh, this. Yeah. I, I Danger think, oh, falling yeah. sheep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, so they were told to, who was that other firefighter? What was his name? Elvis. Uh, oh, so it was Elvis, was it? You sure? I'm sure it was Elvis. No, it's Norman. No, who's Norman? No, Norman. Norman's the little one. boy, Norman Price. Yeah, it was yeah. Elvis and Penny. Arnold. It was Arnold. Arnold. Arnold Elvis. Yeah. Anyway, so El- so say Elvis, right? So Elvis is on the roof. And Norman. Such... What? Norman. Norman's on the roof with a sheep. I mean, not roof. Mountain. What? No, this is a different episode then. Oh, is it a different episode a... then? This is on a roof. He's the kid. The sheep is on a roof. Oh, okay. And, and so basically, uh, um, so I'm going to say Arnold because I'm pretty sure it's Arnold. So Arnold's shouting at the sheep and yeah. he's saying, oh, come here, come here, come here. And they're saying, oh, don't shout at it because you'll scare it. And they had to kind of teach teach him to speak really nicely towards the animal and then like kind of coax it so it doesn't hurt itself. Anyway, Sam gets it off the off the roof. Um, so Norman Amanda... So, uh, at the same time, so basically, there's there's Norman and Mandy, and there's Sarah and James, and they're going to uh, they're basically racing to the peak of this kind of hill, and uh, this is kind of like a scouts thing where they have to get the badges, read the maps, and do the kind of exercise properly. But Norman and Mandy, Norman didn't want to read the map; he just wanted to get up there as quickly as possible to beat Sarah and James. But Sarah and James read the map, and they did it kind of um, safely, you know. Um, so Norman goes, starts doing all sorts of dangerous things, like runs down a hill, ends up falling over. Then he gets on his horse with no saddle. Uh, Mandy's like, don't do it, but um, he does it anyway. The horse just bolts, uh, then jumps over this fence and gets stuck in the mud. Um, uh, meanwhile, Sarah and James have taken their uh, kind of safe route around. And... Um, so basically, when the horse gets stuck in the mud, they have to get Fireman Sam and the, the crew to come and get the horse out. Um, and they use um, Arnold comes in and starts talking to the uh, the horse nicely to calm the horse down. And they end up getting a crane to lift the horse out. And um, meanwhile, they've already pulled Norman off. Uh, so so that was the um, that was the first episode I watched. And now just to see if there's any conspiracy theories, I watched series nine, episode eleven. Oh my god. Really? Um, yeah, 
It was called Fiery Football. It's actually quite a really good episode. Um, and so all the kids. Series nine, episode eleven. Yeah. Sure. Um, so all the kids are going to a football match, um, and Norman. Uh, Norman's looking forward to it. He wants to go and watch. So it's like a kind of like a community football match where. Um, uh, like the fire crew are, are playing the local team and stuff. And uh, Norm's looking forward to it, but he ha- his mum tells him he has to go and help Bella in the uh, in the restaurant. Uh, he's not too happy about it, and he's not paying attention to the customers. He keeps dropping food on them and, you know, like being generally a pain in the neck. Uh, then he has to go and deliver some pizzas, but he takes the pizza box and also some embers that are in the pizza oven he puts in the pizza box by mistake. Then that sets on fire, and he drops the pizza box on the hill and the hill sets on fire um so meanwhile the football match is going on and station officer seal steel is the coach of the of the uh of the firefighters so he decides that he's going to just join in it seems like everyone can have a crack he just goes and shoots and scores and that counts as a goal um and so when the hill gets set on fire um Bella's restaurant gets evacuated and they all kind of call off the match. Uh, and then Bella and Norman, what was it when it's all kind of, they, 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 they say like, you know, when there's a hill fire, you've got to be below the flames, not above the flames because it can spread up the hill really quickly. Um, they've, they managed to beat the flames and they've start playing the match again. And Bella and Norman are watching on the sideline because Norman, uh, sorry, the restaurant's kind of out of action. And, um, uh, then Bella, the ball comes to Bella and she just belts it straight in the back of the net. <laughs> <laughs> and it counts as a goal as well. Mom, um, and then, uh, but the, what they don't realise is that the, it's the winner that buys dinner. So, although they won a football match, they still got to buy dinner. Oh. Uh, then uh, then uh, on to Series 10, Episode 13, and it was James and the Giant Pumpkin. Um, and it's kind of a vegetable competition. It's quite a basic episode where the kids have grown a giant pumpkin and they want to get to the show james is pulling a cart like a horse and like norman tells use my go-kart and then james has to pull it like a horse it's quite funny and then it goes down a hill and it kind of just like um just goes on a kind of runaway cart thing and a pumpkin goes off the cliff and uh, meanwhile station officer still has been given a guinea pig to look after and he keeps losing it and it goes to the vegetable show and eats all the vegetables um that's about it. That's for that episode. Um, then I decided that that was enough for the CGI. <laughs> uh, so I went back to the old shows and I watched um, uh, series one, episode one, I think. It was, about, it was a hurricane episode. I forget the, the actual name the of the kite. episode. But yeah. Um, so first notes on this is that I love stop motion. And then I didn't realize, but it's shot. Obviously, it would be, I guess. And it's kind of, I wanted to make a note of like what you were saying earlier about how long it takes. So, not only was it shot in stop motion, it was also shot on film. Obviously, yeah. it was because there was no digital, right? And it got me thinking. I was like, now we take, if we want to do a stop motion film, it will take us a very long time, right? Mm-hmm. Snap, move, snap, move, snap, move, and so on. Imagine going snap, move, snap, move, snap, move, developing your photographs at the end of the day and they're all crap. 
<laughs> oh no do you know what i mean so like yeah. it adds a whole new thing to it like, because you can't see what you've done until you've gone through the whole developing process yeah i just thought that was like incredible um uh anyway so this one's a there's a hurricane and the phones go out so norman gets sent out what is he oh because he's been watching tv all day so he gets sent out to play uh sarah and james go to the park to fly a kite yeah uh trevor shows him how to fly it and breaks it uh the kite flies off and gets stuck on a roof sam gets it down but nearly falls um and mr mr evans has hurt his arm but gives the kids their kite back and that's kind of the end of that episode yeah i made a note of i don't know i think bella must have seen something and she's like oh mama mia the kite the kite the kite and then norman's mum mrs price is like oh bella do you have to be so dramatic that made me laugh so much uh, i do remember that. that bit actually i was just thinking uh, it was a very, a very italian kind of uh, yeah very typical italian accent so i went straight on to episode two and then episode three after that but so this one was about barn fire uh sarah and james are picking potatoes for bella on a hot day normal gets sent fishing and catches nothing the barn sets on fire, do you know, like a, when the hay is in the thing, um, in the barn. So, so it sets on fire. And when the fire engine's there, they kind of run out of water um, from the pond. So they run out of water, so they have to go get more water from the pond. Obviously, they find a local water source. Um, and normal, normal to sleep. And he wakes up and he thinks there's a bite on the rod because they put the, the hose in. The, the in the water and he catches an old plug and then he thinks he's pulled the plug out of the of the pond because the pond water's going down and he's got a plug on the end of his rod it was quite funny that's basically the end of the episode final episode i watched was called trevor's training so trevor gets stuck down the drain uh and sam goes and gets him out uh norman is playing with a dummy in Bella's house, asking for the fire brigade to rescue the dummies, like going, help me, help me, like, you know, tricking everybody. Uh, then, then Norman actually nearly falls out the window himself and he gets rescued for real. Um, and they go back to the station and Elvis was cooking at the beginning of the episode um, and he's cooking this like uh, smash, I don't know, like the instant mashed potato. And he's saying, oh, be careful because last time you cooked, you know, we had to get a new stove and they come back and the, the whole station's a mess because um, uh, Elvis has wrecked the place. So they all have to go to Bella's to eat. And that's the end of that episode. And that's the end of the thingies I watched. Oh, lovely. So, okay. What I watched. So we spoke about the kite. So episode eight, disaster for dinner. So it starts with Elvis cooking again. But this time he's cooking a curry and it's not very good. There's some like bad odors. And so Sam is at home and he's like, right, I'm going to see if uh, my new robot Bentley can cook up something as opposed to what Elvis is cooking up. But he doesn't realize it that he needs to switch it off. So he leaves for work so he's going into the the station whatever they're meant to be going to bella's to do a fire drill practice but then there's a real fire because 
the twins, Sam and no, Sarah and James, they go to their uncle's house and they wanted to visit him. And then they realize that the robot is on fire. So they call Prime and Sam and, and the gang and they, they put the fire out. And so they get back to the, the drill where I think Norman is, they're going to pretend Norman is hurt and they're going to try and save him. And they're going to try and do it in as quick time as possible. And, make sure that their response time is is also on point. So yeah, that was that episode. The first of the newer episodes that I watched. So it was Danger Falling Sheep. So Norman wants to conquer Pontypandy Mountain, but then Wooly, which is like a, a lamb, that gets scared off by one of the the twins' friend. Is she? I don't know what she had in her hand. It might have been like a a party. One of those like that you oh you yeah for a birthday party. Yeah. I don't know what it was called. Actually, I don't actually know what they're called, but um, yeah, I know what you mean. party popper. I don't know whatever. So she uses that, scares the life out of this miserable sheep. And so the sheep goes up to the mountain and so Norman and the sheep are stuck on the mountain. So it's up to Sam to save the day. And so he's using someone who has like a helicopter. I think it's an Australian guy, one of the newer characters. And so they both get Norman and they save the sheep. And so that was that episode. And the last episode I watched, was uh, the one of the CGI episodes, Hearts on Fire. So Dillis, Norman, and Trevor are going camping. And Norman's basically telling scary stories and it's spooking Dillis out. She sees the sun going down, but it's hidden underneath the trees. And so she's thinking, oh, that is an epic fire. We need to call Sam and and everyone now. So they're calling Sam. And then Trevor's like, it's a false alarm. It's a false alarm. It's just the sun going down. But then because Trevor left the fire, he left the fire. And so that fire that he sort of lit, it goes up in, in flames along with the tent. And then that all goes up in flame and so i think the lighthouse man that's running the lighthouse he's like uh sam don't turn around because he's thinking oh it's a false alarm he's like it's not false alarm there's a real fire and so trevor's like i'm so sorry it's not like me i used to be in a boy scout and sam's like hey don't worry about it we got we got rid of the fire it's all it's all good in the hood and yeah, that was all the episodes I watched of Fireman Sam. Nice. Yeah. So, any last thing to say? Um, no, no. I just I, I loved it as a kid, and this I know the next show's got it as well. But this stop motion thing, like, it's so nostalgic and it's so like so charming. It's a British thing as well, isn't it? I don't I don't know of any American stop motion cartoon, although I'm sure they use that technique 
Uh, I'm sure they do, but I mean, uh, I mean, I can't think of even one to be honest. Um, oh, maybe the Lego Movie was one of the biggest stop motion things ever, right? I guess. Um, but that's the only one I can think of. Yeah, I mean, it'll be something to uh, look into and uh, research. Yeah. Now we finally come on to Joshua Jones. And this show came out in September 1991. Again. But for the newer listeners, some of the things that happened. Nelson Mandela was chosen as president of the African National Congress. The US trial of former Panamanian leader Manuel Noriega begins. US President George H.W. Bush decides to end full-time B-52 bombers. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare is in the cinemas. And Love to Hate You by Erasure was in the charts. No, never heard of it. No, never heard of it. <laughs> so that was a one-off then. With uh, you knowing Japanese boy. Yeah, flash in the pan, I'm afraid. (laughs) Oh, good stuff, good stuff. And so we go on to Joshua Jones. So this was, again, British stop-motion children's television series produced by Bumper Films. And they also produced Rocky Hollow and Fireman Sam. It's about a cheerful traveller named Joshua Jones who lived on a canal boat with his canine companion Fairport and so his job is to transport goods along the canals but he's always using his boat to help out others in a crisis. So he's driving or taking trips up and down Clearwater Canal and he's carrying out tasks for the folks at Bigot's Wharf, and he's having a, a general fun time. So some of the characters, you got a retired Indian admiral called Bapu Carrier, and his wife is Dakasha Carrier. You've got Wilton Cashmore, who's like the get-rich-quick businessman. you got Joe Lasky, who is like a Hungarian farmer who owns a horse named Trojan. You got Ravi Carrier, who is Mrs. Carrier's son, and he's the admiral, admiral's grandson. And you got Fiona, who's like his best mate. And her dad is Wilton Cashmore, as I said before. He works with Sharon, who's like a dizzy blonde girl who owns a catering van. And you got her lazy boyfriend, Spanner. And you got Daphne Peacock, who's like the vet who takes care of sick and injured animals. The theme song was sang by Mel Pope, who also did the theme song for Fireman Sam. That's why it's incredibly catchy. I absolutely love this theme song. And you would be forgiven if you had never heard of this show. I have never heard of it. So this isn't just a a British thing. So you get loads of British people who would never, ever had heard of Joshua Jones, except for me. 
So British listeners and international listeners, you'll have something in common or a lot of you will have this in common that you would never heard of this show. And I think it's incredibly slept on. This is such a a fun, wholehearted show. I did think that I was the only person who watched it because it used to come on CBBC. When did it used to come on? So it would come on just before all the main cartoons would come on. Yeah. And obviously I'm like, I'm just going to watch it anyway because it started. And yeah, so I would be the only one who watches Joshua Jones. And by the time all the other kids got home, it would have already come on. So maybe that's one reason why people didn't know this show or didn't watch this show. But I knew. So what did you think of Joshua Jones then? This is a a new show for you. Yeah, so I I didn't write many notes about it. Um, Yeah, I did. It was was coming up against like um, uh, Fireman Sam for a start. Um, so what one thing I've I found it difficult was to to uh, kind of keep a grasp on who the characters were. Yeah. Um, and also, <laughs> like, what is this place where I mean, Grimm's Paul made me laugh like quite a lot. Um, but maybe a portmanteau of Grimsby and Liverpool, Blackpool. Oh, I was gonna say Blackpool. But yeah. Oh, you're probably right. With maybe the accents. Um. Uh. And yeah, so obviously they're going around the canals, and I was like, "This, like, this, well, is this place where, first of all, you're you can just quickly nip around everywhere in the canals? It's quite amazing. Uh, everywhere that he goes, maybe it's just coincidental that everyone he talks to lives on the canal. Well, as the theme song says, his boat will take him to all the nicest places he goes. Yeah, I mean, it's quite. I think the the whole thing about having a a little uh, narrowboat is quite cool. Yes, um, you know, in the locks. And I wanted like to that. be Joshua Jones when I was a kid. I wanted to be him. That was my dream. It was such a cool thing. Yeah, just driving about on a boat. That's your job, your income, and you get to see all the lovely places. One thing I did notice about this show is like the insults are quite funny that they they give to each other. I found that like, <laughs> like I think in the first. The, one of the first insults is in the first episode and he's just uh spanner makes josh fall in a canal and he calls him as thick as the doorstep as the doorstep sandwiches he eats or something like that <laughs> 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 um but yes yeah, so i enjoyed that um generally like a really good show again like this like kind of basic puppety uh stop motiony kind of things and yeah yeah there's not really not nothing there's not much not to like it at all no, to be honest, it's Welsh uh, as well, like Fire and Sam. Yeah, and there wasn't that many episodes of it, right? It was no, a short, it's about short ten thing, so. episodes, and it about eight nine minutes each episode. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's not a very good thing. I mean, I, I'm definitely one of those people that had never seen it or heard of it. So, yeah. Um. Right. Anything you want to say before we dive? Um. I wanted to say that this was Welsh. So you could probably hear the Welsh version of Joshua Jones in the background. Again, I I like the Welsh version of the theme song. I like the English version. But yeah, it was um, 
Night Five and Sam, it's Welsh. Probably set in a nice little place in Wales where you can drive a narrow boat on the canal. So, uh, yeah, that's I just wanted to say that. Yeah, you might as well just jump into episodes. All right, uh, straight in then. So, um, again, Spanner makes Josh fall into the canal and he calls him as thick as a doorstep sandwich, which is like <laughs> hilarious. Um, Fiona takes Trojan, who's a horse, and I think I found that quite quite clever, quite good. Like you know, Trojan, yeah, um, out for a ride. Anyways, eating the flowers, uh, admirals, the admirals planting flowers, and he's like. And the horse is just basically eating them. Um, the horse gets shooed. Like, he kind of shoes the horse away. I can't remember his name. Mr. Carrier? Mr. Yeah, Carrier. yeah. Um, shoes the horse away. And the horse falls into a um, into the canal. And uh, Fiona calls Daphne, the vet, to come yeah. and help. Um, but Joshua Joshua comes um, to save the day like with his narrow bone. He's kind of winching process. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, Daphne's car breaks down on the way, but she gets there after the rescue, but she gets to check on the horse anyway. Um, yeah, and the horse gets rescued by Josh, and that is episode one. Which was called Horseplay. I didn't... Yeah, again, I'm sorry, but the um, the names have escaped me of each episode. <laughs> so I watched three, I was three in a row. I watched went on to series one, episode two, and Ravi's gone on an expedition, um, and they're, call, they're calling... Sorry, they're looking after a parrot called Boomer, which I thought was a really funny name. I watched this one, um, Boomer, uh, and it's called Boomer. It was great. Yeah, oh, it's called Boomer. It's a great episode. Um, so the parrot escapes, and the kids go on a boat trip up the canal. Not like a narrow boat, but like a little rowing boat. Mm-hmm. And Josh comes, uh, and they obviously he's in his barge always, uh, and they try and catch the parrot, but he's very close to it, and the dog barks and scares it off. I don't know what the name of the dog is to be honest. Um. Uh, then Boomer ends up on the ends up next to the kids on the boat. Um. Uh, but they get they kind of go down a weir, which is like a like a little kind of drainy, fast flowing bit of water. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then they get rescued by Josh again. Uh, and then when they get back, Boomer comes back on his own, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I remember why it's called Boomer. It's because his name's actually Boomerang, and he always." Comes <laughs> <back>. <laughs> um. Yes, that's quite sweet, you know, like uh, yeah. harmless move. Um harmless pun. So uh series one, episode three I went on to next and Joshua had to deliver a tin of paint for some reason. And one thing I found quite funny was that um what's uh I'm sure it was Ravi's wife that was working in it. Uh, uh working with someone and she's kind of like getting the the, the training. Ravi's the little boy. And, um yeah, what's his mum's name? The wife. Uh, his mum. I've just got Mrs. Carrier. So Mrs. Carrier, I'm sure it's her that's working on this like a uh, silver service anyway. And then Mr. and Mrs. Bigot are coming to tea. Yeah. And uh, so she, but she she gets sent home, and I was like, I really hope that's why. I think it is, you know. <laughs> because, um, because because uh, um. Uh. So I was trying to think. I should look at my. Um... So basically, anyway. So I can't remember the ladies having a kind of tea party. Mm-hmm. And 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 then there's a who's the kind of like kind of comedy white girl. Oh, uh, Sharon. 
yeah, so Sharon basically is replacement for uh, Mrs. Carrier, right? Um, and so she's oh, <laughs> sounds so she's about white. She's she's yeah, exactly. She's white, but she's not prim and proper. And this is what is the woman kind of got a bit crazy about this. Ends up raining, so they'd never get to go. Uh, so Spanner's helping with Ravi and a white girl. Spanner drives a tractor too fast and loses some hay. He's kind of like working on a tractor thing. Uh, Mr. Lasky, I don't know who Mr. Lasky is, but I've written that he fell off oh, a tractor. He's the, uh, he's the farmer. He's a farmer. farmer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he falls He falls off the tractor and he, and, and he kind of like hurts himself and he's not saying anything. And they're all like, oh, you okay? You okay? And he just turns around and he goes, he's because he's mad with Spanner for driving yeah like an idiot and he just goes i'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk because i'll swear if i do <laughs> <laughs> so i found that quite funny and that's kind of the yeah end of the episode. um but yeah I found really really good really good man like this is another one of these shows that kind of just come up and surprise you i know well not for me because i i i had heard of joshua jones and i did watch it as a kid yeah is that all the episodes you watched? Yeah, that's the episodes I watched, so you'll go. Right. So we've spoken about Horseplay and Boomer. I watched Spook. So Ravi and Fiona, they believe that there's a ghost in Joe's barn. The episode, it starts with... I think they wanted to like bring some goods over. And Joshua was like, oh, you can borrow some petrol that I've got or diesel because uh, Mr. Lasky had run out. But he was like, oh, no, 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 don't do it. We'll just carry everything by hand. So they all just put it all in the uh, in Mr. Lasky's garage. So they just carry it by hand and they use the, the pram. And so... Ravi and Fiona are like, let's have a look in the barn and we'll see if there's a ghost inside. And so they're all looking around or whatever. And then they see a, a shadowy person coming in and it looked like he was trying to steal the tractor, but it was Joshua. He was putting diesel in the uh, the tractor. So he'd thought, maybe I'll do it in the in the dead of the night. So then I won't be interrupted and Mr. Lasky won't say no and then the kids are like ah it's the ghost it's the ghost it's the ghost and they're like we'll try and stop him so they just like mounted themselves onto Joshua and they're like we've got him we've got him and they're like calling out for Mr. Lasky and then Joshua's like oh look it's just me I just wanted to put some uh, diesel into Mr. Lasky's tractor, And uh, the final episode I watched was The Silver Key. So there's a, a lock competition and Admiral Carrier, he, he's determined to win. He's making his garden look all fancy and nice. But then they have, like Joshua and Mr. Lasky, they have a, a problem with a, a runaway tire because they're trying to put the tire. So, so Joshua has to go and deliver something to the city. And Mr. Lasky's like to Joe, to Joshua, 
please help me move this tire because I'm I, I need to move it. But Josh was like, look, I need to make a delivery to the city to uh, Mister Mister Bigot or Mister Cashmore, whatever it is whatever one of their names. And so he's like, look, I've got to make this delivery. But he's like, all right, fine, I'm going to help you. So he's trying to move this tyre, but this tyre just goes on a on a mad one and just runs over Mr. Carrier's garden. It looks a mess. But then Mr. Carrier's like, all right, don't worry about it. Y'all go to the city and y'all go and make your delivery. And he's supposed to be delivering a, I think it was like a, an engine for a boat or something. And so Spanner actually gets it over because um, Joshua is thinking, oh, no, someone stole it because it's not in his boat. But Spanner was working on it and he actually takes it over to Mr. Cashmore. And Mr. Cashmore's like, what's going on? What's going on? This better not be one of your tricks, Joshua. But he's like, it's not. And they're all saying, oh, to Mr. And Mr. Cashmore's daughter, who's Fiona, she's like, oh, I'm going to say thank you to Joshua. And he's all like, I don't really want to say thank you. And Joshua's like, you don't have to say thank you. Don't worry about it. And he's like, thank you. I don't have to say thank you. And so they go back to the village and Mr. Carrier wins his lot competition because he manages to make like a nice little garden thingy using the Admir like the Navy or the Admirable logo or whatever. Yeah. And so he wins. And yeah, that's how the episode ends. And that's how Joshua Jones ends. I really liked it. I thought it was great. Loved it as a kid. Loved watching it now. Loved the theme song. Loved the Welsh theme song. I'm going to leave it all on, so I don't care if y'all sue me. Take my money. You want cash, check, whatever. Take it all. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so let's, uh, let's pick. What are you going to go um, with? So I've got to go with Fireman Sam. Um, even though it wasn't broad and controversy, um, mm-hmm. I'm going with Fireman Sam because of how much it meant to me when I was a kid. Yeah, go um, with the inner child. Yeah. I'm going mean, to go with Joshua Jones on that same principle because I feel like not a lot of people know this show. Hopefully yeah. they will, listening to this episode. And I felt like it was slept on very, very much when I was growing up. And I don't think it got the appreciation and the love that it deserved. And I honestly believe that it was would have it is as good as Fireman Sam. In my eyes, I think it's better. And here I am giving Joshua Jones the appreciation and the love that it so richly deserves. And uh, we got a pick our favourite theme songs out of the three. So ranking it from three to one from the shows today. Oh, so this is tricky because, like, you know, what do you go with? Do you go with uh, most memorable, most, you know, the thing that gets stuck in your head? It's a tricky one. I mean, you've got to put all of that into account. No, so I think it's got to be 
Postman Pat simply because it's probably the most iconic. Fireman Sam because I love Fireman Sam to death. And yeah. then Joshua Jones only because it's a new guy. That's the only reason. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm going to do it backwards. So number three, I'm going to say Fireman Sam. I was mulling over both of them, but I'm going to say number two, Joshua Jones and Postman yeah. Pat. It has to be Postman Pat. It's just so iconic. Yeah, I completely agree. And on that iconic note, I'm going to bring it to an end. First episode of uh, Yesterday's Capers and Self-Isolation. And there's plenty more where they came from, so stay tuned. We're available wherever you get your podcast from, so give us a listen. On the socials, we're on Yesterday's Capers 1 on Instagram. It's Yesterday Capers on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. You can follow me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, all one word. Give me a holler, give me a shout, especially if you're a woman. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, join us again next week for another episode of Yesterday's Capers. <laughs>